Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello everyone, welcome to Monday. You're watching Ausbiz Australia's only live streaming business and markets channel. Great to have your company, midday Australian Eastern Standard Time. That means it's time for the call. 10 stocks which you suggest that I put to two experts and they give you their opinion. Uh, delighted to have Chris McDonald from Morgan's Financial with us today. Chris, welcome back, good hey, to see you. And Rob Caller from Magro Capital. Good to see you, Rob. Thanks, All right, bit to get through today. I always choose one stock of the day uh, that's a bit in the news this morning. Uh, GPT reported, and of course we're in the earnings season at the moment, so each day for the next couple of weeks we'll do one of the early reporters to see what our panel thinks of the result, whether it changes their view on them as an investment. Um, GPT uh, withdrawing financial and dividend uh, guidance for financial year 2020 as it swings to a half-year net loss of over $500 million, with revenue diving 10%. We'll talk to the guys about, I think, how, how they calculate um, uh, earnings on, um, on property trusts and, and REITs, because it's very different to other country, companies, which is why the $500 million will shock people and go, wow, that, that's a lot to lose. It's because of negative valuations on the property portfolio because of this pandemic. Uh, the pandemic has squeezed market rental growth rates, pushed up vacancies and prompted landlords, including GPT, to offer hard hit tenants rent holidays to get them through this tough period. Uh, Chris, everyone expecting a, a poor result from GPT. Mm. What did you think of it? And what do you think of it as a stock? Well, I think the market uh, wasn't really surprised with those numbers. No. We're expecting a major hit on their two core asset classes within property, being the office side of things. Obviously, a lot of people working from home, uh, a lot of rent freezes in the office space. And of course, there are other big players, shopping centres. Uh, no, a lot of them are shut down in Victoria. We've had a lot of issues around uh, rent and some of the large retailers uh, shuttering stores. So. Uh, no big surprises, and the markets really yawned at this. I think they were up a splash today, so uh, no surprises either way. Big question is how can they recover for here? This is a business that relies on on uh, uh, minimal vacancies and increasing rents year on year. Now, they're the two problems that are really mm. outside of their control. I can't see how they can really push up rents uh, in either of those spaces in the next uh couple of years to be honest and just trying to hold on to existing tenants is going to be difficult so it's a tough space this is a very well managed business but if I was looking in that property space I'd lean to the area where there is growth and that's in the industrial warehousing space uh, we've been following Centurion industrial property for some time we did, but we had the chief executive on Osby's mm. last week when they uh, reported their results and good result. Great results. It? They've just raised money and an entitlement to buy a strategic asset, one of those Telstra big data yeah. warehouses, one, of the, one of the clouds, which yep. is uh, down there in Victoria. <laughs> it's actually on the ground, not up there. 
uh, that's a good business and you can see the yep. growth moving forward. So I'm tending to look uh, for most of my investors are medium term holders. Yep. I like to get some certainty in Century. It just looks a little bit easier for me to yep. uh, rest at night. Rob, what do you see at GPT? Yeah, look, uh, the same sentiments as, as Chris, obviously. Um, we had their debt is down to about 5 million, not maturing until next year. Uh, good cash on hand, about 1.2 billion, so they're set up to do okay. Uh, but this weekend, we're seeing the reach on the office space is a real big play. Um, look, they had a dividend, uh, it was down 23% on PCP, uh, about 9.3 cents. Um, look, the commentary they gave said they're going to try and refocus their business into the logistics side of things. So they made two acquisitions throughout the year, both of them down in Melbourne. Uh, I think they understand as well as what the market does that retail and office space is not where you want to be. Yeah. Um, we've mentioned a few times, Koshi, that we don't like the real estate um, space per se, construction. So we'd try not to be there. If you had it, we'd, uh, we'd lighten it on any kind of rally. Uh, I think it's up about 2% today, but the market's uh, pretty strong today as well. Yeah, so. yeah. okay. And sort of uh, particularly with REITs, if you're interested in REITs for dividends or... Um, You've got to be really selective too, don't you? Centurion had a good result, I noticed, which is, <coughs> we talked about a lot on the call, Charter Hall's Whale um, that came out on Friday with a good result as well. So if you're going to go there, even though the sector is off limits for a lot of investors at the moment, or they don't like it, you've got to be selective internally, don't yeah, you? 100%, yeah, 100%. All right. Okay, let's get to your uh, stocks that you've suggested. And um, we go from GPT to another business that's still in the property game, but in a very different part of it, and that's real estate, uh, REA Group, um, realestate.com.au, um, online property advertising. And um, I saw this morning Chris Goldman's had, uh, I think, upgraded their recommendation on News Corp on the back purely of REA mm. <laughs> and its uh, investment in REA uh, contributes to a, um, a massive amount of valuation in News Corp, does it? It does and it's interesting, surprisingly with COVID, uh, we've moved, uh, as uh, real estate agents are trying to move property, they're moving more to virtual to yeah. tours and online because they can't have people on site. That's played into realestate.com's uh, hands. So they're actually capturing more of the spend as people try and move their homes, which has been fantastic. Obviously, we had a plunge in listings uh, domestically, uh, but that rebounded in July. And, and to be honest, uh, having a first half uh, profit down only 9% is probably a pretty good result given mm. all of the headwinds in the space. Uh, it's a company, though, that trades on 50 times forward PE. But uh, you look at that five-year chart, Chris, it is... Yes, you've had the dip from March, as you can see. <coughs> it's almost back to record highs, isn't it? It is, and that's why I'm more in a hold to trim mode. This is a great right. business. We've still got uncertainty about their international business because this is now a global growth story. They're trying to replicate the success here in other jurisdictions, but we're seeing write-downs in those jurisdictions. So for me, uh, at this sort of price, there's more risk than reward for people that have held it. Uh, as you said, they're almost at all-time highs. I'd be looking at sitting down with your advisor and going, can I redeploy some of this capital yeah. in other businesses where we can see more upside? So for me, it is a blue chip stock in this online platform space. Yeah. And as I said, the real estate agents are relying on them more and more. Uh, we're coming into spring period. Who knows what's going to happen? Uh, yeah. House prices going to hold up. There's now uncertainties and headwinds. But the company on a 50 times forward PE, taking a few off the table is probably yeah. a smart play. And, and also, Chris, that's what investors 
uh, have to be conscious of it. It's not that you don't like the stock. Of course. It's saying, hey, I've had a fantastic run over the last six months. Let's take some profits, still stay in there mm-hmm. and, and let a good chunk of it ride. But hey, maybe it's topping out. It's looking full at this stage. So yep. what's going to push it another 20% from here yep. is really the question. And, and can you justify holding them for that next 20%? So yeah, it's a, it's a mm. trim play, still a great business, one of the best in that space that we have. Certainly if you compare the uncertainties of Seek, for example, or car yep. sales, which are those other big national platforms, it's the pick of the bunch. Okay, Rob? Yeah, very similar. Uh, if you're adamant about being in the space, we could hold it. Otherwise, yeah, for sure, absolutely look to trim it. Um, they are trying to expand overseas. 94% of the revenue comes from Australia, 6% from Asia. Um, the PE ratio is quite high, as we said. It's 50 going on 60 compared to the sector. It's probably about 35. Um, good margins in their business, 55%. Um, you know, look, they're trying to, to make that move to the video, um, you know, yeah. using videos to check out your houses. So. Um, they've offered to um, upgrade your listings for free to allow people to relist, doing everything they can to try and keep the market share, uh, keep people interested. Uh, I think yeah. they own about 60% uh, of, I think 60% of adults uh, visit uh, the site once a month. Yeah. So um, look, they're obviously the main player. We, we'd be in there in that stock, um, but uh, yeah, don't like the space. So thank you, Leslie, for that suggestion. Really appreciate it. Uh, Rob, uh, Peter wants a view on CSR, the, uh, the big building um, supply products or building product supplier in Australia and New Zealand. Still have an in- interest in the aluminium smelter, don't they? Um, uh, Gove Aluminium, uh, part of Tomago near, uh, near Newcastle. What do you think of CSR? Yep, uh, so the building products accounts for about 72% of uh, revenue. The aluminium space you mentioned, that's 28%. Um, they cut their final dividend. Um, dividend payout ratio is still quite low, so they're trying to uh, conserve the impact on the balance sheet. Um, again, anything related to the whole building space uh, probably isn't where we'd prefer to be. Uh, we'd probably hold the stock if you had it. Um, you know, we don't mind it, we think it's actually a very good company. But again, just probably not the space we want to be involved in. Okay. All right. Chris? I CSR. tend to agree when it comes to CSR. If you've held it for a long time, you've had uh, two wonderful uh, payouts already with the uh, cement business and the sugar business. What we have left is really a, a relatively small niche business in building products. Housing starts expected to fall about 30% this year, which is their bread and butter. And, uh, and of course, as we look at that space, if you want to play in there, I'd probably play at the bigger end of town with uh, excellent management in James Hardy. Right. By playing James Hardy, you get exposure to the US market and the US tends to rebound in that sort of housing because yeah. they've got those different states to play in rather than Australia's, apart from Victoria at the moment, more of a homogenous kind of place. So for me, if you're going to play in that space, I'd stick with James Hardy. People look at Boral because of that infrastructure play, but Boral has their own issues at the moment to sort out. That's probably two years away. So right. CSR, yeah, probably a ho-hum hold for me, but uh, have, a, have a look at James Hardy if you want to play in that Okay, space. all right. And um, of course, Boral is the real ugly duckling of that sector at the moment, yep. but is being a bit of a stalking horse at the moment of um, by uh, Seven Group. Holdings mm. as well, 13%. Mm. Uh, why would they be looking at Boral? Because so they're looking long term. I think the, the issue about Boral long term, new CEO, it is a turnaround story. It has the ability to turn around. 
if you think about some of their products and divisions, they should be doing really well. They're uh, very much exposed to the East Coast infrastructure spend, uh, which is not going away anytime soon. They have some issues with the fly ash cement and other things in the US. But again, if they yeah. can get that right, it should yeah. be a great you know, multi-decade uh, kind of story. Yeah. So for me, with the right people executing the right strategy, yeah. it's a classic turnaround. So yeah. that would be probably or, buy the ugly duckling now until... <laughs> well, but that, again, the sum of the parts is probably the case. Yes, yep. Uh, yep. it may be the case where you can realise the old Blue Star Airlines and, yep. and break the thing up. So yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll see what happens there, but certainly it's, a really uh, interesting it's vulnerable. Space, it's yeah. vulnerable uh, because it should be doing a lot better, notwithstanding the exposure yeah. to housing. But everyone seems to agree James Hardy is just mm. the blue chip in that sector. Doing really well. Okay. All right. Uh, there you go, Peter. Um, a good analysis of, uh, of CSR there. Now, Pradhan uh, has asked Chris for an a opinion on Atomos um, or Atomos. I'd never really heard of the company, I've got to say. A global software and hardware technology business. Um, in the uh, video content creation market. Mm. Um, so, but offices in Australia, America, Japan, China, UK, France, and Germany. It's, sounds impressive. It is. And look, Atomos is one that if you're willing to hold for a couple of years, I think it will really take care of you. It's one of those ones that you would buy in a few pieces. Uh, it's a business that what they do, they do better than anyone else in the world and they've uh, got some major strategic alliances. So they essentially turn your camera or your smartphone into a broadcast quality edit, edit suite to turn your little videos into something that you could post in 4K wow. with very high okay. uh, colour and rendering, etc. So they're an aftermarket add-on, if you like, that can right. turn all of those little TikTok and YouTubers into uh, <laughs> professional young broadcasters. In, in, into Hollywood. Right. Correct. Okay. Um, so fantastic. It has a reason for being. They've got deals with Sony and Apple. The list goes on. Canon, ah. etc. They've got a range of products. So we think over time they'll benefit from new product releases, particularly if they can do specific Apple releases um, to go back to back with the iPhones. And and um, we think over time they're probably worth over a dollar a share. So if you can pick them up around the 50 cents or below, uh, it's a cracker check growth stock. Um, their, their earnings were down 65% on COVID. So it's definitely one that's been hurt and hurt bad. If you believe that the COVID story will ease over time and their big markets, the US, it's probably an opportunity to buy and take that advantage now. Okay, well, 43 cents, uh, as we yeah. saw there, it had been it. Well, well over $1.30 mm. and hasn't been listed for that long. Either. No, great business, just short term under the pump, but they've got the balance sheet to see it through. And as I said, in the medium oh, term... Oh, they do have the balance sheet, They do, they? and in the Gets medium... under control. Yes, and right. in the medium term, they will benefit from the ongoing trend for people making their own videos. That hasn't stopped. In fact, you could argue that's all people are doing at home at the moment oh, yeah, is making yeah. little and, videos. And also is the future of communication. Isn't 100%. It? Yeah. yeah, okay, all right. What do you think, Rob? Really oh, exciting space, yeah. Right. So what they're leveraging off is Apple's um, ProRes RAW technology. So ProRes is the um, codec that effectively takes your image and compresses it into a small file size, like right. a zip file on your emails. And then when you look to uh, access that photo later on, it, it decompresses and you can see all ah. the details. Oh, okay. Yep. So it's uh, easier to transfer rather than have massive files, as we all know when we use that mobile camera. 
you only need to take 30 seconds and it's so big it's ridiculous. Yeah, well, well so the, the RAW uh, is a type of file which if you take it uh, as opposed to a normal picture, which is like a JPEG, where you yep. get you know, you get your photo and you can do a few filter changes in post-production. Right. With a raw uh, photo, it's effectively taking the photo multiple times with all the different filters available to you. Right. And so this um, ProRes Kodak actually is able to uh, compress this to levels not seen before. It's, just, yeah. it's absolutely taking over the industry. Right. And um, Atomos have the license, one of only two people, to get the third-party agreement license with Apple so that all the um, mm. camera manufacturers, you know, Canon and Epson yeah. and all these things, they basically need to uh, sign up to Atomos if they want to use that um, ProRes RAW technology in post-production. So, so is, it, is it a bit like if it's the technology is a, a standard, you know, we have uh, Ordinate in the... Mm. In that sound era, everyone's got to use their technology. Is it a bit like, are they the similar in video? It's a technology shift. Right. Yeah, everyone's yeah. moving to them. Okay. So they've also uh, they've signed a deal with Dolby. So they're the only people to have done that. Right. So now a producer who's filming on set can actually hear the sound as it would be played through the cinema rather than having to go to a post-production vehicle after right. the filming of it. So... Uh, they're doing some great things. Their balance sheet is fine. Uh, they've got $19 million cash at bank. They've got a $5 million debt facility. They're burning through about 3 to $5 million, uh, a quarter. So there's, there's almost a year's worth of yep. funds there. They were proactive at the beginning of COVID. Um, I think all their main employees took a 20% pay cut. Um, so you look, they did a big raising, $10.9 million in May yeah. um, at 45 cents a share, which is what we think has probably led to the price staying around this 42 cent right. mark. Um, so yeah, look, really exciting space. We'd get behind this, the company. We, we'd accumulate yeah. them for sure. Okay. Um, and Chris, you were saying sort of you eke into it, do you? Well, I think so. At this sort of mark, uh, we've got a to and fro happening with the market anyway, aren't right. we? We've got results and things coming up which are going to distort the market. I don't yep. think you need to uh, buy everything like this. I think it's a great two-year hold. In right. fact, of the ones we talked about today on a risk-reward, it's probably got the most upside versus the downside from here. Um, it takes a long time and strategic advantage with the moats to get those deals with people like Apple. Yeah. It's not everyone that can turn up and do that, right? Yeah. So, so for me, it's just one of those great little Aussie mm. tech su success stories that over time will bear a lot of fruit yeah. uh, and it's cheap at this price. So for me, very, very happy for those people comfortable with risk. This isn't a company yeah. that makes a lot of money and pays you dividends every year, but you are looking at their ability to expand revenue and product globally. It's a globally scalable business yeah. um, with big 800-pound gorillas. Um, I like it. I think you, okay. you can buy a few now and, and look, just be disciplined and then buy a few more if it falls yep. below 40 as your next okay. fall. Pradhan, thank you for the suggestion. I didn't know much about it. That's why we have the two experts. They did and they like it. So a really good story. I love Australian companies like that. It's mm. a, sort of everyone goes, oh, Australia's just a farm or a quarry. And you go, there you go. You know, you've got ResMed and CSL and Ordinate and... We've got so many good, whether it be medtech or technology companies mm. like this, Technology One, all yep. great businesses, yep. all homegrown. It's fabulous. So thank you for suggesting it. Um, Rob, our next stock has uh, been suggested by Sue uh, Webjet, the uh, the online travel booking business. Yep. And like it, 
whenever you use the word T for travel, uh, they have been absolutely bashed on the share market, yep. haven't they? Yep. Uh, what do you think of WebJet? Yeah, so a uh, really difficult environment for them. Uh, they've got 62% of revenue coming from that online travel agency business, 31% uh, from their web beds, uh, and then 7% just from other stuff. Uh -huh. uh, the web beds was the fastest growing B2B business in the world, uh, which is why we're still interested in WebJet. Uh, we so Webbeds is like a, like an Airbnb hotels accommodation. Hotels.com, uh, right, yep. yep. So um, look, we, we would buy the stock here at these levels. We'd probably just be a little bit careful about um, the entry. Looks like the market still wants to sell it off a little bit more. So yeah. maybe more of this accumulation rather than just straight out go and buy it. But um, look, they've got a very strong balance sheet. They did an institutional raising of about, uh, I think they pre- had it done for about a million, hundred million, sorry. Uh, I think they raised about 200 million. They did a retail offering for another hundred million. Uh, a couple of months ago, they did a, a raising over in Europe with some convertible notes, raised another hundred million euros yep. at about 2.7. So it's got full support from the institutions as far as we can see. Uh, and our general uh, approach to, to Webjet and this space is that um, if it's hurting Webjet, it's going to hurt all the small players. Yep. Uh, they're going to be the companies that probably can't survive, who can't get the funding to get through this period. Webjet is set up for at least the next year and a half, two years. So we do think we'll come out of the COVID environment. When we do, Webjet may be one of the few people left standing. And so they'll actually be able to get a lot more market share than what they had before. Right. So for us, yeah, we're not too concerned about Webjet not being an ongoing concern. They're very well funded. We'd be happy to buy it. We think it's just opportunity. Okay. Chris? I'm going on gut feel here. I like to play that a little bit. I would suggest you buy some Webjet and, yeah. and you just forget you ever owned it for three years. Right. It's that sort of business. They have a massive war chest. Rob just alluded to 350 million they raised plus another 160 in a convertible note. They can just sit there and they can cut costs. They're an online based business. They will, through merger and acquisition, they'll acquire a lot of distressed assets over the next 12 months, and they will emerge one of the top two or three. They don't have the issues that Flight Centre have with a lot of the bricks and mortar, and we have seen a big migration to online because of COVID. So when we eventually uh, go back to travel, initially domestic, and in two or three years' time, let's call it international, there'll be a build-up of people wanting to travel, ones that yeah. have jobs. And, uh, and I think WebChair, well, you, you blink, it'll be five, six dollars a share. So I can't tell you when that happens. They have the balance sheet to be quiet and they will just cherry pick off earnings accretive uh, acquisitions and they are perfectly geared to the eventual recovery. So if you don't want to try and pick this recovery, which is why Sydney airports is so tough, right? Yep. I would prefer, again, if someone's not, notwithstanding Sydney airports is a globally significant gateway strategic asset for and national asset, um, that they really rely on international to survive Sydney airports. Webjet, I think for me, if you buy some here, buy some at three dollars, and, and and own them for three years, it'll look after you. So right. be patient with this stock. Uh, they can sit around, and you've got to trust management, which have shown the ability to raise when they need it. Uh, how they acquire businesses, we don't want to see them buying too early. Wait until there's some more pain. But Webjet could be one of those okay. stories. You go, I made a hundred percent, but it. Took you mentioned years. Flight Centre, Webjet v Flight Centre. At current prices, I prefer Webjet because right. I think they've got the balance sheet and they have very, very much narrowed their offering. 
and they've actually gone into some of Flight Centre's games, so to speak, right. uh, because they were uh, a bit later to really getting into that the hotel space. But now they they are they've they've got a very good model to really leverage okay. off that. Rob, Webjet, Webjet, Green Flight Centre. Yep, absolutely, Webjet. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, Martin uh, is asking for an opinion, Rob, on MGM Wireless. Um, it's a, again a technology company that develops uh, software and and wearable devices for families, schools, and society. Um, you might have. I know my grandson has uh, a watch that my daughter bought him that it can talk into like Maxwell Smart and only connects with her phone. Yep. So it's a, a really interesting one. Yeah. Um, these are the products that this company is into. Yeah, so it's called Space Talk. So right. it's a watch that's targeted towards kids five to 12 years old. Yep. Uh, your parents can program it. Um, it can, you can just dis disable um, who you can actually talk to. So you might only want to talk to mum, dad, grandparents, yep. uh, uncles. Um, there's no internet, there's no social media, um, it's GPS tracking so you can um, find out where your kid is at any one time. Yeah. Um, the, the thing with this business is um, not so much the sale of the watch, it goes for about 300 bucks uh, and they've signed up a whole heap of, of resellers. They're on um, JB Hi-Fi, um, Good Guys, Officeworks, Harvey Norman, right. they're all over the place. But it's the, the app, they've got an app called All My Tribe. Uh, which is a monthly subscription business model. Uh, it goes for about $5 for the kids' watch. They've just launched uh, a senior's watch, so you can you know, ah. look after you know, elderly parents. Elderly parents yeah. Yeah. So th the small difference is the GPS tracking. You have to request to right. see where your grandparents are. Um, but they've said that both those will be available for the Christmas sales, which is a really right. good thing. Um, we're, we're removing the last quarter out of the equation. Uh, obviously, COVID had a big negative impact on their business. Yeah. But if we look at third quarter results, uh, revenue was up 37%. Um, they had uh, the annual recurring revenue was now up to 1.5 million, which is this app um, paying for the right. app. So that's where we think the real growth is. So it's like software as a service, isn't it? For, yeah, yeah. But on the app, yeah. yeah. And look, they just yeah. signed a great deal with Vodafone, like right. maybe two months ago. Okay. Um, so Vodafone's going to sell the um, at a, as a monthly pay-as-you-go pay right. kind of service. So. But let, let's bring up the chart again, if we can, Gotham. It's running along the, the bottom at 14 cents. And what? Four bucks over four bucks at the start of the year, and now it's 14 cents. Lots of businesses have fallen off a cliff, but that's a hell of a cliff, isn't it? Girl. Yep. Wow. <laughs> Look, they've got no debt though. That's one of the things that we like okay. about it. Um, four million cash at bank. Um, so you're, you're saying, yep, it's yep. pick it up at 14 cents? Yeah, we'd accumulate it, yep. yeah. Okay. If you have a look at that chart, it's had a few iterations, this company. So yeah. let's just imagine it as a brand new ah, company, because ah, right. that's what it is. What, in the last year? In the last couple of years. You oh, can couple, see couple some of, years, of that attitude, yeah. it's yeah, been yeah. playing yeah, a few yeah. iterations. So look, I, it's a bit too early to bet on the management on this and the execution, because they've got two new product ranges really to the seniors. Yeah. And um, you really have to play, I guess, the sentiment around the space. So intuitively, will there be demand for their products, both for the kids and particularly for for because of what's happening in aged care and the ability to have yep. that reach around and feel like you've got a, 
a, a tribe where you know where everyone is and feel connected. Under COVID, yeah. that has accelerated. That done deals Definitely. with Vodafone and JB Hi-Fi. Um, also, uh, the existing shareholders backed this in well. I think they were raising $1.5 million and got $5 million worth of subscription. So that's saying the people that own it really feel comfortable and they've obviously done a fair bit of DD because yeah. the cash is in there. So for me, I'm probably happy to let this. It's only for assertive investors. It's almost a startup really where they're just yeah. trying to commercialize. So it's really for only those people with a risk appetite, but I'd probably um, buy this and hold it till February because you're going to get those Christmas numbers. It's only yeah. 25 million market cap and it's got all those leverages that you want to see in a stock. It's got that ability to grow. It's a high margin, repeatable earnings business where you make yeah. it out of those subscriptions and, and it could be a bolt on for any business if they do actually well. So right. you know, it's probably worth putting a few uh, for those assertive investors, hold it for six months. Like, like this is the way that share price has gone. That's like a really specky mining company, is it? But it's a tech business that's earning money um, and got some decent products. It's not just promising sort of some mind coming into the future. Yeah, well, they're moving into the school space as well. So they've already signed up 1,200 schools uh, yeah. to and about 1.7 million parents to report mm. on whether or not your kid's actually rocking up to school. Well, let, let me tell you, I, I have two daughters that will, will be into these products that are, <laughs> are, are just so focused on keeping track of kids. All right, that's a really interesting one. Uh, yeah. Martin, appreciate you uh, suggesting that one for us all. Let's. Uh, Check the first half of the call, including the uh, our stock of the day, GPT, um, a no on um, from both Rob and Chris on GPT. Um, REA, uh, great business, record highs, both um, Rob and Chris saying, um, if you've got it, hold it, but maybe start looking at taking some profits because it is just at a massive share price at the moment. Will you continue to get that growth with the downturn in the property market? Might be debatable. Uh, CSR, a no from Rob. Chris prefers James Hardy. Uh, Atomos, um, a big tick from both, uh, from both Rob and Chris. Uh, Webjet, um, both like it. Rob saying accumulate. Chris saying one of those ones you just stick in the bottom drawer for three years. End of three years, you look back and go, wow, that, that was a good buy. And MGM Wireless, for those who have an appetite for risk, it's not for everybody, but if you want to take a punt on almost a startup in a good space, MGM Wireless looks pretty good at 14 cents. All right, uh, do you want exposure to tech stocks, but without paying the uh, large multiples now attached to them? Well, Richard Ivers from Prime Value has some ideas about how to do it. He joins us in the next hour right here on Ausbiz. That's at 1.15 for Richard coming up. All right, let's get into the second half. And uh, Chris uh, Shanana has uh, asked for a, uh, a view on ProMedicus. When you talk about um, medical technology stocks in Australia, this has been one of the leading ones. It's in radiology and imaging uh, software to, uh, to hospitals and diagnostic imaging throughout Australia, North America and Europe and uh, has really done well, hasn't it? It has been a great success story and yep. for them it's about the ability to penetrate that um, lucrative US market and they've done a great yep. job of that. They're really in that me medical imaging software uh, which has been affected by COVID. A lot of people staying at home and, and not getting a lot of those uh, 
uh, tests being done, those images being taken. So they're again a short-term yep. victim of particularly the US and Australia as well. Given that they're on a very high PE, somewhere in the 70s, uh, any hiccup in that growth profile and revenue is going to hit that share price. Yeah. We are probably one of the more optimistic uh, broking houses. We've got a share price target of about $31. It is a great quality, uh, globally significant business, again, an Australian success story. So if you're willing to hold it for a couple of years, we see them continuing to both penetrate the market and increase the number of services and therefore revenue across and up and down. Uh, but for us, um, I probably, we've got the 20th of August, I think is when they're reporting. Yeah. Uh, they look cheap enough here, but if you're going to look to add to it, uh, uh, Shihana, I'd probably buy a little bit now and then probably a little bit after that 20th of August. It's not far to wait. Right, okay. So you're expecting well, disappointing results? Well, I think it's, but if you look at the share price, it fell uh, quite a bit only the other day. So yeah. I think the market's trying to anticipate it's been tough. It's all about that right. outlook. Do they see those volumes bouncing back? And that's the uncertainty in those okay. numbers. Rob? Yeah, look, the, the full year results are probably going to be impacted by the drop off in elective surgery that's happening during the COVID time. So yep. less elective surgery, less uh, imaging taking place. Um, they have gone into uh, the overseas markets quite well, 46% in Australia, 38% in North America, 16% in Europe. So there is good market penetration there. As a business, their half yearly results were great. Revenue was up 15%. Uh, net profit after tax was up 45%. Uh, the EBIT margin was up 50%. Mm. Uh, huge cash reserves, 38 million. Uh, and they paid out a nice little frank dividend as well. So the business is doing quite well. But yeah, I couldn't agree with Chris Moore. It's all about the valuation. We've actually got the PE ratio even a bit higher than, than 70 from our numbers. Um, so it's more than double what the sector is. Um, look, we love the business. If you wanted to be a long-term holder of the stock and didn't mind the stock maybe drifting sideways for a while, yeah. um, sure, get in there. So we, okay. we would hold it, um, but uh, just be really mindful about that uh, price earnings ratio. Right, and uh, watch out for the 20th of August and see how the result comes mm. in and the market reacts to it. All right, uh, thank you for that, Alan. Uh, Ron's suggestion is Silver Lake Resources, gold producer. Um, how's the Mount Munga gold camp? Um, outside of Kalgoorlie uh, in the eastern gold fields of WA um, and, and produces, what, 158,000 ounces or 160,000 ounces. What do you think of Silver Lake as a gold mine? A very fortunate one. <laughs> a very fortunate one. This is a company that's uh, sitting on two assets, which if you look at the history of both, yep. Deflector and Mount Monga, have not been beautifully consistent assets with low cash costs. They've been troublesome gold deposits. Right. And uh, this is a stock that was a dollar in those scary days of 23rd of March and now close to $2.50, $2.60. So they've had a fantastic rebound with record gold prices, not surprising. Personally, I would use this opportunity to move into uh, other gold producers right. at this stage, or indeed, so it's the best. been on the coattails, if you like, is it? Hundred uh, percent. This right. is on one everybody which has, else. Yes, okay. because their marginal cost is higher. Um, every dollar added just goes straight to the right. till, so to speak. So they've been a huge beneficiary. I'd use that opportunity to look at other assets. I prefer uh, Romelius uh, with their Mount Magnet. If you're looking at, uh, I guess, a second tier gold producer like Silver Lake is. Uh, uh, Evolution's potentially got a few little issues coming up um, and Northern Star actually don't mind as well over the long term if you're okay. looking at those big assets, particularly they move into Alaska. Um, 
But don't be afraid to look at some of the bigger explorers. The more we find out about the grey mining and their deposit that they are continuing to build on near uh, Port Hadland, that could be a once in a generation discovery at the moment. So okay. if you're looking at disposing of your Silver Lake, don't be afraid of maybe speaking to your advisor about getting another producer or two and maybe one of these best explorers like De Grey. But certainly it looks uh, full, shall we say, for assets that aren't best in class. <laughs> okay, all right, looks full. Okay, Rob? Yeah, look, we love the space. We love gold. We've been bullish on gold for some time. Still? Yep, absolutely. Stop yep. more to go? Yeah, I think so. Maybe another $500 an ounce uh, over uh, the next um, 12 to 18 months. Yeah, okay. For sure. Uh, look, uh, what's been driving the Silver Lake uh, share price has been uh, this uncovering of um, additional resources in the deflector uh, mine. So they found, you know, or, or have inferred an additional 54% of gold, uh, bringing them up to 1.3 million ounces of gold. Uh, similarly with copper, there's an extra 7,000 tonnes there. So all of a sudden, the um, basin of which they can mine these resources from has gotten a lot bigger. Yep. So they've got more value there. Um, price earnings ratio is starting to get out of hand. It's um, about 45 times the sector is about 10. Right. Uh, it's not our preferred space, uh, preferred name in that space, I'd say. Yeah. Um, we prefer a company called Regis Resources. Um, right. But look, uh, th their, their costs are somewhat under control here. They're about $1,344 as a group for uh, Silver Lake Resources. So it's not too bad as long as the gold price continues to right. go. Uh, what I would say is the management of Silver Lake Resources seems to be quite good. Um, both uh, David Quinlevin and uh, Luke Tonk Tonkin uh, came from Sons of Galia and Mount Gibson. They both okay. uh, were right. there before. So. And a common theme when we talk about gold stocks over the last couple of weeks with various people on, uh, on the call here, various uh, experts, is that our gold miners have learnt during this boom. Mm -hmm. Usually in previous gold booms, they'd be rolling in cash, make an acquisition which was just terrible, and then, then use up all the cash. But it seems as though CFOs are running gold miners at the moment mm -hmm. saying to all the geologists and the miners, keep your hands off that cash. We'll just keep it in the bank and we'll pay dividends. Mm -hmm. Who would have thought? Mm -hmm. Which is very different for, the, um, for this gold boom. All right. Uh, thank you for that, Ron. Um, Alan has asked for a view on Janison Education Group. Uh, it's an online enterprise learning and digital um group for the uh, for the education technology sector. I haven't known much about Janice and Chris. Yes, and I haven't been following this one closely either. Having a look into them though, you see that this is a business again trying to play on expanding thematic uh, when it comes to online education, but has yep. been happening for a good five or 10 years. Yep. Uh, they're looking at signing up global partnerships so they can accelerate globally. They're starting to do things here with the University of London uh, Czechoslovakia is their latest and greatest place to play. Mm. Uh, 78 million market cap, so they are being priced for growth. Uh, and really just looking at that, setting up a platform will allow online learning, exams, marking, etc. Oh. We've seen obviously a big so migration. It's a, a, it's a tool for teachers basically in schools. Is it? Uh, for so, schools and organisations, right. okay. universities, yep. colleges, etc. So the thematic makes sense. Yep. Uh, the question is, can you effectively execute this globally? Uh, and what you can do is obviously work with uh, Brightspace and other bigger players uh, to leverage off their uh, relationships globally. But for me, it's probably if we look at that, the other space when we were having a chat previously, MGM Wireless, you're going to play in these early stage companies that are looking at leveraging um, uh, with high margins. I prefer to play in the former one MGM, okay. to be honest. All right. Rob? 
Yeah, look, it's um, interesting. Um, we, we look, if you're happy to take the risk on, we'd actually be okay to go and buy the stock. Uh, they actually built the technology and the platform for the Naplin um, testing. Ah. So they've built that. Uh, they've done a deal recently with uh, University of London. They've worked with Cambridge. They've just moved into, um, I think, Czech Republic, as you said, which is for their assessments for getting into uni. So, um, look, it's growing quite well. Um, look, it's still not um, positive from our perspective. 58% of recurring revenue, 23% um, comes from exam services, 19 from just one-off projects. So uh, definitely expanding quickly. It's very early days. If you're happy to take the punt, sure, we would buy it. Looks good. Okay. All right. Uh, thank you for that, Kim. Um, our, sorry, that was from, uh, from Alan. Appreciate the suggestion. Kim is asking for a view, Rob, on VIP gloves. Manufacturing and engineering of rubber gloves in Malaysia through a whole bunch of different subsidiaries who um, they're in that health space. Anyone producing those sorts of products would say, hey, we've got a range for health. <laughs> yeah, so Australian business are operating under their subsidiary over in uh, Malaysia. Malaysia is the hub of glove manufacturing uh, globally. I think there's a company over there called Top Glove. They're the largest producer of rubber gloves in the world, make 25% of all the gloves. Um, mm -hmm. the, the play here is for the production of nitrile gloves, which is, um, think of latex gloves that have gone through another level of processing. Mm -hmm. uh, up until now, the costs associated with producing the gloves have been uh, too much, which is why we've had the latex ones. Uh, we've seen some numbers come through from Ansel uh, yep. that actually showed that the costs of product going into the nitrile um, gloves had decreased by about 7% and the latex costs had gone up by about 12%. Mm. So it appears as though uh, the environment is right for the takeoff of these nitrile gloves. Right. Um, they are a lot more sturdy, a uh, lot less prone to ripping and tearing, so they're protecting mm. people. So um, yeah, look, we're comfortable to be there at the moment. I think they're recently announced um, two new lines of gloves, right. bringing their total production up to about 620 million pieces. Um, they're going to do a, a sale and lease back of their plant and land, uh -huh. uh, which will produce, I think the sale's about $10 million roughly Australian, uh, which will enable them to produce four new lines, getting their total glove production up to about a billion right. uh, pieces per annum. So. Um, yeah, a look, billion gloves. A billion gloves. That's a huge number, is it? Yep. Okay. So look, uh, it's, it's but, probably. But you look at that that share <laughs> chart. If we can bring it up, <laughs> hold that tight. That is going to be the weirdest chart I've ever seen in my life. Look at that five year, where it did nothing, mm -hmm. and now it's back up to where it did nothing after taking the big sort of COVID plunge in March and the recovery since then. So. Does that tend to indicate it's not traded much or it's pretty illiquid? Yeah, I think they in a single day they went from uh, 3.5 cents to 36 cents the next day. A week later they're back down at 3.2. Uh, they've only just recently started to take off in the last two weeks. Right. Uh, it, it's very, very early stage. Right. Um, a little bit concerned about the fact that they feel the need to uh, sell some assets and lease them back to get the cash. Looks like they've, they've gone all in and trying to um, leverage this whole COVID environment where people are yep. needing to use and consume all these gloves. Yep. Chris? 
Well, as I think I intimated before, it's a hold on tight stock. It, uh, yeah. They raised some money a couple of months ago at three cents. It's at 23. So it's been a hell of a ride so far. <laughs> uh, having said that, it's, it's probably not like hand sanitizer. The need will remain there. This type of glove will continue to be in demand and attract a premium because it's more resilient. Um, I guess the, the execution, if they can bring those lines on quickly, which will be the key to get them up to that uh, 500 and then to a billion units, uh, is going to make them more attractive as a potential takeover target. You can't see this business being independently on the ASX in three years' time. Right. It'll either execute and one of the bigger players, whether it be Ansel or J&J or someone else, will come and take, it, take them out or they'll go up and run out of puff. So right. it's definitely going to be for a good time, not a long time. Okay. <laughs> uh, but, but they are playing in that right space and, and really one for the times. And, and the good thing is the sustainable demand for their product. So it takes a while for the existing glove manufacturers to re-engineer to produce these new type of gloves. Yep. Now they will. There's not a massive uh, uh, barrier to entry for people to produce these gloves, right? It's going to take right. longer than... Uh, distilleries to start producing hand sanitizer, which only really took a month. It might take a year to retool, right. but they've got a short window to maximize their competitive advantage. So uh, it may go a lot higher. We'll, we'll watch that one. But as I said, it'll either go up and be bought out right. or it'll have its run up and-, and So what's the decision? The yes or no? I can't buy them here with clients' no. money, okay. but, but I, I want to watch what happens. I okay. think it's a whole because the sentiment's there and they're right. accelerating and, and watch it. Yep. I think if you're looking for a bit of excitement and you own Ansel, you would take some of your Ansel <laughs> position, trim some out, and then you could back it in here. It, it's right. a very a risky play. All yeah. right, okay. All right, fair enough. And our last stock, uh, Chris Sharon wants a view on Reliance Worldwide. Now, um, they're into um, uh, controlling water flow, aren't they, in manufacturing and, and the top end of town? They are, and they've got uh, they've got a so really fancy plumbers, if you like. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, this is this is a that. global business that's been yep. around for a long time. Uh, they really dominate a section of the market, so they do a lot of repair work, uh, particularly around certain uh, water plumbing in in the US, which is prone to uh, freezing expansion in winter. So they've got yep. some really uh, cool expansion devices that they can put in, and they dominate that market. But it's been after a really, really good IPO and run for the first couple of years, they've been pretty underwhelming. You can see that mm. chart there. Um, for those that believe in a three year sort of story, the demand for their product will be there. I think they are a turnaround uh, company because a lot of people, particularly in the US that have put off some of those repairs uh, yeah. or gone for cheaper options will go back to their particular product line. Um, we've got a hold on the stock about 307 at the moment, so it's not one you have to rush out and own. Uh, but Sharon, if she's a long-term investor, I think this is not going to go out okay. the back door. They have the firepower to buy other businesses over time, and it will start to pay dividends and, and bear fruit. It may take a couple of years. So if she's a patient investor, I wouldn't worry okay. too much. All right, Sharon, there you go. Rob? Yeah, look, um, most of their earnings comes offshore. Um, so they've got 41% from Europe, 39% from Americas, it's only 19% um, from Australia and the Asian Pacific region. Um, if the revenue composition was switched and it was the other way around and most of the revenue came from Australia, uh, we would move out of this space. We, we would lighten it, we'd sell it, we'd move away. Uh, given that their composition has such a large exposure to the UK market, which we feel has really already had its weakening and is ready to take off again, 
we think it's probably okay to continue holding the stock. Okay. The company's doing okay. We've seen 43% increase in revenue, 74% increase in EBITDA, 92% uh, increase in NPAT. What made this company was maybe 20 years ago uh, when everyone was fitting houses with copper piping, they came out and took a technology that was already in use in America and brought it here and just made it the, the standard and that is using um, plastic piping. So it's flexible, it's easy to join, easy to cut um, and, and it drastically reduces the amount of time that a plumber has to spend right. on any job. So huge take up, obviously from there they've, they've gone extended into uh, joints and fittings and things like that. So. Again, it's not the ideal sector for us, as you know, anything construction, real estate, we yeah. try and avoid. But given that so much of their earnings come offshore, if you're in the stock, we'd be happy to hold it. Okay, so a hold for, uh, for Alliance. Just to recap on our uh, final five stocks from uh, Chris and Rob, ProMedicus, a hold from Rob. Uh, Chris likes ProMedicus, wait until the 20th of August to see what the results are, because you know, if they disappoint, they might might come down and you can buy on weakness, but a really world-class, well-run company. Uh, Janison Education, a, uh, a no um, from Chris, uh, Rob saying, could be a good punt. Uh, Silver Lake, um, Chris saying, switch from, uh, from Silver Lake because it's had a really good run and its uh, share price is really high at the moment. Remelius or Northern Star in that sector of the gold market. Um, uh, for Rob, it's Regis is probably a better bet. Uh, VIP gloves, if you want a bit of excitement, um, and Rob's an excitable sort of bloke, uh, then <laughs> go into VIP gloves. Um, Chris is certainly going to be watching it and uh, reliance a hold from both of them. So uh, to both of you, Chris McDonald from Morgan's, uh, thanks for joining us, and Rob Collett from Macro Capital, really appreciate your time for another edition of The Call.